Expel Youth, I said, hey, yo! <laughs> I love that so, so much. If you're wondering kind of what happened just then and there, I believe that God speaks to us through impressions of the heart, you know, not as much an audible voice, although God can do that. And if he did do that, y'all would pass out probably poopy pants. But sometimes through the power of the Holy Spirit, the staff or leaders or even you might feel like God wants to say something. God wants to say something. And so let me say this. If you are a student, God just doesn't speak to the adults. And so if you feel like in those worship moments, in those moments, if you feel like, I think God wants to say this out loud. I think God wants me to say something on the microphone. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to find me. And if I'm already on the platform, I want you to find a leader. Find Pastor Ariel. Find a leader here and say, I think God wants to say this. And then we'll go from there. Then we'll decide whether or not, like, hey, I think, yeah, I think that's for the room. Or I think that's for someone specific. Ask God who that's for. But if it's for the room, I'm going to have you come up and share it. But I don't ever want you to feel like, God, thank you. Guys, give it up for Sal. I don't, I love Sal. I don't, I don't ever want you to feel like you can't be using the Holy Spirit. So we want to do that. Guys, you guys ready for tonight's word? Listen, I'm going, I'm going to blast through this, okay? Because God hijacked our service, and I still want to be obedient to the word that is giving me. Turn to your Bibles right now. If you got your Bible, got your physical Bible. Who's got their physical Bible tonight? Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? No one over here? Okay, Matthew. All right. All right. Yeah, who's got, whose group is this? That's the mix. I don't know. I don't know, but the Jaywalkers got their Bible, though. All right. I want to start, hey, I want to start seeing Bibles, all right? Listen, why? Because, listen, your phone is a many, many ways of of distractions. It has many ways of distractions. So you can't swipe on this, although you can turn a page. Go to Philippians 4. Go to chapter 4, Philippians. It's in the New Testament. Philippians, the region, the area, the people group. Philippians. If you don't know what Philippians is, it is a letter. It's a letter that was written to the church in Philippi. Yeah, the Philippian church. We're going to be in Philippians 4, verse 4 through 7. 447, all right? All right, if you got to say, uh-huh. If you're ready, say, oh, Yeah. Can you stand for the reading of God's word tonight? Do it quickly. Here we go. It says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Say always. Always. I will say it again. Rejoice. I got to yell it because of the, you know. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is what? Say it again. Is what? Oh, that's great. That's nice. Do not be what? About anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. It's your word, not mine. And so don't allow me to preach in a way that you didn't intend. So tonight, God, speak this truth to us as we start this series, God. 
on how to survive the one place that shapes and forms us more than really anywhere else other than your church, and that is school. In Jesus' name, everyone says, amen. Go ahead, sit down. We started a series tonight called Surviving School. Say school. You got to say it like that, school. Surviving school. How many of you feel like you just are surviving school? You know what I'm saying? He said barely. I feel that. You just surviving school. I want to talk the next three weeks on three ways that you and I can survive school. Now, we can thrive in school, but a lot of us, let's be real, a lot of us feel like we're just trying to survive. I'm just trying to get a passing grade, right? Right? C's get degrees, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? You know? My mom never checked my report card. She would just be like, are you passing? Yep. All right. Because if I see a bunch of D's on there, I'm going to be disappointed in you, right? So you just, as long as you pass. But we, we're in school a lot of our lives. And really, so the overall arching theme of this series is everyday faith. Everyday faith. And so the overview of this, kind of the other part of that is school is a part of your life, but is it a part of our faith? So school is a part of our life, but is it a part of our faith? Our faith in Jesus is meant to influence every aspect of our life, including school. Including school. And so what's the goal of this series? I want to make it clear. You might want to write this down if you can follow. What's the goal of this series? The goal is this, to help you see school as a gift to be grateful for, and prayerful about. To help you, students, see school as a gift to be grateful for and prayerful about. Also, you don't have to write this part down, but me as your pastor, while providing tools to help you endure one day at a time. One day at a time. That's the goal. That's the goal. I mentioned Amarillo, Texas earlier, and this wasn't in my notes, but it just worked out. In Amarillo, Texas, there's a place that it's the home of the 72-ounce steak. That's a lot. That's a lot. It's home of the 72-ounce steak. And it's one of those those eating challenges, right? Like, you go, and if you eat this whole steak, you ain't got to pay for it. But this steak is like 80 plus dollars. I ain't trying to pay no 80 plus dollars for steak, all right? I'm just not. But if you, you know, you get a t-shirt, you get your picture on the wall, you conquered the 72-ounce steak. And so time and time again, people go, you know, they go, like, I can eat 72 ounces. Like, some of y'all get full off of eight ounces. You definitely could do it. Cap, right? I don't know. It's a lot. People be failing, right? Right? And so they have, you know, this competition. People do it, some people don't. But I had this question, you know, like, when it comes to competitive eating, right? How do you eat a 72-ounce steak. And one of the winners was interviewed because he broke a record time. So what, what's the key to this, right? Do you, like, fast for 80 days? Do you, like, expand your stomach with the balloon? Like, what do you do? What's your secret? So how do you eat a 72-ounce steak? He says one bite at a time. One bite at a time. So I want you to keep that in the back of your mind. We are starting a new series on school. Some of you love school. Some of you hate it. 
however you feel about it, you're stuck in it, right? You are in school for really as long as you graduate high school, right? Right, you're in it, you're in it. These, uh, 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 these years of school, they're, they're super important in life. But if you can describe school in one word, what would you say it as? Just yell it out right now. <laughs> you said boring. Okay, all right, what else, what else, what else? Torture? <laughs> Torture? What else, what else? What else? Not fun, that's that's two words. What'd you say? Ghetto? <laughs> you said ghetto? What else? What else? What else? What else over here? What could what would you describe school with one word? Okay, well, all right. He says hell. I mean it might feel like that sometimes, right? Your answers, you know, they're a little valid. You know what I'm saying? They're a little valid. Some of them are a little extreme. You know what I'm saying? But but no matter how we describe school, no matter how we describe school, really it's, it's a part of our life. It's a part of our life. And no matter what type of school you go to, uh, whether it's homeschool or it's, um, you know, private school, Christian school, public school, whatever school, you're in it. And so if we're going to be in it, how can God be in it? How can God be in it? And school doesn't just mean, you know, classes or homework or extracurricular activities or tests. I like what I said here. It's a dynamic realm of pressures. That's what school is. It's a realm of of pressure. Pressure to perform, pressure to fit in, pressure to stand out, sometimes pressure to disappear, right? Whether it's relationships, choices, drama, and unpredictable circumstances, right? So how do you make it through school without losing your mind, right? Without losing your mind, your influence, your character. How do we endure it? So tonight's message is how to endure school. How to endure school. How to endure at school. I want to blow through this for a second. Here are a few realities you're going to face. You're not, you might not see this on the screen. It's fine. There's three of them, all right? Realities that you're going to face at school is this. Number one, school is a part of life. It is. The average student spends, somebody guess, how many hours a day in school? Oh, okay. Six, six or seven hours a day. Some of y'all eight. That's because if you are at school for eight hours, that means you have after school detention and you need to get right, all right? You need to get right, right? On average in America... A student spends six hours a day in school, and most school years last 180 days. If you multiply that by 13 years, kindergarten through 12th grade, you will spend over 14,000 hours in school, and that doesn't include homework, travel time, or extracurricular. 14,000 hours. Some of you have 14,000 hours on a video game, right? So that's kind of like, I have 14,000 hours on Minecraft. That's crazy. Stop. Read a book. School is a part of your life. You're going to be in school. That's, a, that's one reality. Another reality we get to face is school's going to mess with your emotions. School's going to mess with your emotions, right? How many of y'all just be seeing people crying in the hallways over something? How many of you are the person crying? <laughs> right? I mean, you know how awkward it is to go into to the bathroom and just do the sobbing over a girl, and you're like, hey, man, but how long are you going to be in that stall, though? You know what I'm saying? Like, your boy need to, you know, uh, so... Please get out. 
School messes with your emotions, right? One minute you're good, the next minute you're not. One minute you're blessed, the other minute you're stressed, right? It's going to mess with your emotions. And another reality that you're going to face in school is school at some point is going to shape who you are. Right? How, how do you know, Pastor Izzy? I'm, I'm a day one. I'm real. I never change. You are not the same person as you were in junior high if you're a high schooler. You are taller. Some of you. Ha, <laughs> got it. Some of y'all are tall in here, right? But you're not the same person. You don't like certain things as you used to like in junior high. Junior hires, when you get to high school, you are not going to like certain things you like right now. You're going to change. My junior high, my high school, you are going to change, right? Some of my leaders, you're like, I don't know what I was wearing in high school, but ill, right? Ill, never, never again, never again. So there are some realities that you and I are going to face. But let's get to the scripture. Let's get to the scripture. Philippians 4, 4 through 7. You can just leave it right there. Just leave it right there. Perfect. In this verse, although Paul isn't writing this about school, okay? He's not writing this about school, but there are some areas and observations that we can make in this. You leave it up there for a second. Um, there's some observations, and I found four things as I was reading this. And there's 100% there's more, all right? So I encourage you to take this verse, and I want you to go home and this week, especially tomorrow on XL Plus, and I want you to do what we do verse by verse. Break it down now, right? Break it down. Try to understand it. God will be his help. But Paul might be talking about school. Paul, the apostle, the disciple, is writing, but we're going to find some encouragement in this. Number one. Number one, we find something in this verse that helps us endure school. And what we can do is find joy in Jesus. Find joy in Jesus. What you find joy in is ultimately what you worship. And I'll say that if it is not Jesus that you find your joy in, then it is not joy at all. What you're finding is a few moments of happiness, a few moments of numbness to where you don't have to think about what's happening, but that is not joy. That is not Jesus. That is not him at all. Does anybody know in Philippians, Paul is writing this letter. Does anybody know where he was at when he wrote this letter? He was in jail. He was in jail. You're like, why was he in jail? Just for being a Christian. That dude was just in jail all the time for being a Christian. He wrote this from jail, right? He's like, hey, yo, Bunky, can I borrow a pen? He's like, yeah, man, it'll cost you five honey buns. All right, thank you, right? Y'all don't know about jail, right? So, so, so he's writing this letter. Come on, this is crazy. This is crazy. That's crazy. This is crazy. This dude is in prison. And it's not like prison now. You know, I mean, prison now is bad, but prison there is like horrible. You know, this is medieval prison. This is crazy, right? They're rooming with rats and all that. They got rats and shackles. It's crazy. But he's writing this in prison. And so it says this, Jesus, before, before he left earth, told his disciples that he would be with them always. He proved his promise by sending the Holy Spirit. So Julia talked about the Holy Spirit in, in her transition from the song today. So he sends his Holy Spirit to fill us, to guide us, and to comfort us wherever we go. Jesus is in the lunchroom with you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, okay, I want to get this straight, all right? 
because I grow up, people are like, Jesus is with you. And I'm like, what? Jesus was a person, okay? Jesus was a real person. Physically impossible for Jesus to be here in your lunchroom at Lakeview. He'd be like, I might have to, like, bless some bread and fish because this lunch sucks, right? Like, like I might have to turn something into something because Lakeview, no, I'm just playing. Was it bad? Yeah, we're going to pray for your school, all right, because that's crazy. How do you find joy in two hot dog bun grilled cheese? How do you find joy in everywhere you go? And it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's with you in your lunchroom. The Holy Spirit is with you in the hallway. The Holy Spirit is with you wherever you go. Regardless, you'll see this on the screen, regardless of our circumstances, we can have joy. How? How can we have joy in a school that ain't got no air conditioning? How can we have joy in a school that there's a fight every other day in the hallway about something dumb? How can we find joy? Find it in Jesus. Find it in Jesus. Find it in his Holy Spirit. It sounds ridiculous, but really, we're bombarded by messages promising happiness and fulfillment and achievement, appearance, and approval that leaves us really wanting more. But by simply knowing that God created you, and because of that, he will take care of you, that's where we find our joy beyond our circumstances. You're like, but I'm stuck here for three more years. I got one year left. God, I'm trying to bust up out of here. I'm trying to go to college. I'm trying to get out of here. I'm trying to go work. I'm trying to do all these things. And so how can I find joy in this? It's by finding it in Jesus. It's by finding it in Jesus. And so the Holy Spirit is with you wherever you go, in your lunchroom, in the hallways, in the dean's office. Don't be in the dean's office, y'all. Wherever you go in that school, he's with you. Number two, he's touching on that. Jesus is with you. There's an observation we see in Philippians 4, that Jesus, through the power of his Holy Spirit, is with you. Paul says this, that the Lord is near. The Lord is near. The Lord is with you. He sent your, his Holy Spirit. And then I love this. this. This meant a lot to me. It's this. Jesus encourages and says, you'll never walk alone. You will never walk alone. I shared a few weeks ago that I deal with loneliness. I deal with it. And the more I'm open about it, the more I share about it, the more the Lord reveals to me that he is with me every step of the way. I deal with that. And something like this, I was told when I was in high school, you never walk alone. What's the largest high school in Chicago? Does anybody know? Lane? Could it be Lane? Shout out to Pastor Joey. You're... Thousands of students, and yet people feel lonelier than ever. Thousands of students. Yeah, people feel lonely. We are the most connected generation that has ever walked this earth. And yet our depression, anxiety, loneliness, and suicide has run rampant in our generation more than any other generation. These devices that are meant to connect us to the world lead us more into loneliness and isolation than anything else. More than anything else. So what do you need to know? What do you need to know as a student in school? How do you endure school it's finding joy in Jesus, and it's through its understanding that through the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is with you. You're not alone. You're not alone in anything that you do. Number three, here's something that I see in the scripture. Go ahead, throw up that scripture one more time, Philippians 4. 
He says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is what? Okay, so leave that up. Leave that up. So we, we know, we know God is with us. Okay, Jesus is with us. The power of the Holy Spirit. What does this next part say? Do not be what? That's crazy because he's in prison. Some of you feel like when you go to school, you are walking into a what? <laughs> a prison. I'm surprised no one describes school as one word. Jail, right? Prison, right? Some of you feel like you're walking into a prison every day with the same people, with the same teacher, and you're just not about it. Some of you wake up already anxious about the day. Some of you, when you leave school on Wednesday you are already anxious about school on Thursday. Some of you leave school on Wednesday and you're already anxious about Monday. And so how, how in the world can you and I not be anxious at school? We got tests, pop quizzes. We got teachers that don't know how to teach right. You know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, we got, we got some teachers that give up on students. Can I be real with you? I literally had a teacher in eighth grade look at me and say, Izzy, I don't think you're going to get this. And so if you just sit in the back for the rest of this quarter, just, just don't, don't bother nobody. Don't make a sound. Don't do anything. And just show up. I'll pass you. In eighth grade, a teacher said that to me. And you want to know what I said as an eighth grader? <laughs> I sat there and I did nothing and I paid for it paid for it. So how do I not, how do we not be anxious? Y'all, I, you are the most anxious generation. You're so connected to the world and you've got all these pressures. Like I said, school is not just about appearance and all these things. There's just pressures on you. Anxiety is a natural reaction to stressful situations and moments. But Paul asks us and wants us to do this. Paul wants us to invite Jesus into our anxiety. Don't be anxious. And that's kind of hard to do. And so he's not necessarily saying, hey, invite Jesus into your anxiety. He's going to take it away. And there's moments where he does. And there's moments that through your anxiety, he uses you. And he speaks to you. And he's able to give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. Meaning a peace that doesn't make sense. Like, I don't know why I'm peaceful about this. I should be worried about this, but I'm actually like low-key. I'm vibing right now. I'm chill. It's a peace that surpasses all understanding. That's the Holy Spirit. Instead of handling on, on your own, invite Jesus into your anxiety. You're anxious about a quiz and a test? Invite Jesus into that. How about this? If you're anxious about a test, invite Jesus into your study. Don't invite Jesus into your anxiety on test day when instead of studying, you play video games all night. So the issue is some of our anxieties are is self-caused. It's like self-harm. It's like you're doing it to yourself is what I'm saying. And so instead of putting the controller down, instead of not going out, instead of doing certain things, you decided you started to do whatever, and now you're anxious because of your lack of preparation and your lack of discipline. And we want to pray that prayer, God, help me pass this test. And then you fail this test, and guess whose fault it is? God's fault because he didn't answer your prayer. No, you didn't study for algebra. 
I hate algebra. Whoever idea it was to put a number with a letter next to each other, I'm going to find you. I'm going to fill your house with tuna fish. I'm going to do it. You're anxious. Some of your anxiety is self-caused. That's a word for somebody. You're like, I'm anxious all the time. Okay, pause for a second. Let's go through your day. What are you doing that is causing anxiety for yourself? And how can you make that change in your life? And then invite God into those moments where you say, God, I need to change. I need help. So when you're anxious, pray. When you're anxious, pray. What's making you anxious right now? A test, a project, applying to college, a grade, a relationship. Let Jesus in. Let Jesus in. And lastly, my last point, if I can have Aura come up. Lastly is don't just pray, be grateful. Don't just pray, be grateful. Can you throw Philippians 4 back up for me? Don't just pray, be grateful. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, say every situation. Sometimes we only go to our parents when we need something. And not necessarily want something, right? And sometimes when it comes to God, we'll only pray for like what we think are big things. We'll only pray about what we think are like serious things. But what does Paul say right here? Did he say pray about some things? No. Did he pray? Did he say pray about things uh, that only pertain to God Monday through Friday? No. He says don't be anxious about anything but in what? Every situation you find yourself in. On the bus. As you walk the halls. Whatever situation you find yourself in, don't be anxious about it. But instead, instead, by prayer and petition, by prayer, pray. You're anxious, your anxiety, all those things, the stress about school. You're like, how do I endure this? It's overwhelming me. It's causing problems. It is what it is, and I can't stand it. And listen, the answer is Jesus. The answer is what we did after worship. And that was take a moment to allow the Holy Spirit and allow the Father to talk to us. That's why prayer is so important. That's why, as your pastor, I would rather preach a shorter message and have you pray for one another than me come up here and share a bunch of crazy stories. What, what's the power in tonight? The power was that moment where you three age groups decided to say, I am going to pray for the person next to me. Because I don't know what they're going through. But if it's anything like what I'm going through, God, help them. Help them by prayer and petition. What does petition mean? It is don't stop asking me. At one point, you were at an age where as a toddler, you pestered and petitioned and bothered your parents. Papi, can we go to the park now? Can we go to the park now? Papi, can we go to the park now? Five minutes? Five minutes, we're going to go to the park now? (laughs) Pestering them, petitioning them, holding your parents to their word. Pastor Joey talked about this at the prayer meeting last night, that his kids have a great memory. Like little, little toddlers, they're like elephant memories. They're like, remember everything. You remember when you said last week that you were going to give me gummies? That's what Pastor Joey said. Remember you're going to give me gummies? And you're like, dang, you remembered? I ate those, right? Oh, my gosh. They remember. At some point, you stopped remembering. At some point, at your, at, here's what's crazy. At your age, 
At your age, at your age, you stopped petitioning God. Why? Because you stopped believing that he's listening. Because you stopped believing that he could actually do it. And I'm here to tell you at 30 years old, God has not failed me once. God has not failed me once. How, how can I bring this into reality? Ariel and I wanted to have a baby so bad. So bad. We wanted to have a kid so bad. And for two years, we tried. And for two years, nothing. For two years, complications on her end, keeping us from having a baby. And I tried everything. We tried every, 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 everything to try to make this work. And nothing was happening. And I told God, I said, listen, I know you can do it. I know you can do it. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to ask you like I've never done it before. And we prayed. And we fasted. And we prayed. And we fasted. And just when I was about to give up, just when I was about to give up, Someone gave us a word. We were at a women's conference, and I have the picture to show it. Someone gave Pastor Ariel a word and says, this is the word from God. And we prayed, and we prayed, and we petitioned God one more time. I was done. I was done. I was like, God, I don't, maybe it's not your will. Maybe you just don't want to. I don't know what it is, but I'm done. And we petitioned one more time, and we prayed one more time. And a week later, Pastor Ariel showed me a little picture as I came home from a fishing trip saying we were pregnant. When you see Dottie from here on out, when you see Dottie and her pigtails screaming and running around, putting stuff in her mouth she's not supposed to, I don't want you to just see Dottie, the cutest baby in the world. I want you to see an answered prayer. I want you to see a moment where I was anxious and stressed trying to find all the answers for something. But in God's timing, happened. when you see Dottie, when you see some of these other babies that walk around here, they're miracles. Maybe you might not know it, but maybe you're the miracle in your parents' life. Maybe they tried and didn't, and then all of a sudden they prayed and God answered. Maybe you are that miracle. Maybe you are the walking answer prayer. So he says, pray, petition, Meaning, don't stop asking me. Don't stop asking. I prayed about it like 10 times. Ask him 10 more times. Ask him 20 more times. The Father wants to hear from you. But with what? He said, so point number four, he says, don't just pray, but be grateful. So by prayer and, peti- and petition, with what? Say it loud, everybody. It's not just a holiday. It's a lifestyle. It's an attitude. But with Thanksgiving... Present your request to God. That's why at the end of our prayer, we thanked God for the miracle he's going to do in the person to our left. So we said, thank you, Lord. So as you pray, as you ask God what you need in school, how to endure school, do it with thanksgiving. Say, God, thank you. This sounds, this sounds crazy to pray. But you can say, God, thank you for the provision that's going to come financially for my family. I don't see it yet, but I'm thanking you for it because I know it's going to happen. That's faith. That's peace that surpasses all understanding. So here's one thing. Instead of starting your day with, ugh, school, (laughs) start with a prayer saying, Jesus, 
thanks for school. A perspective change, a mind change. We all have coping mechanisms. We all have healthy ones, unhealthy ones. But the one thing that you and I should do the most to cope with these stresses, the anxieties, and that is go to Jesus, is to go to God. Hebrews 12, 3 says this, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Think about it. Think about the gospel for a second. Jesus was willing to carry our sins for us so that we can trust him to help us endure school. If he's willing to carry a cross, if he's willing to give his life for you, how much more now does he want to help you endure school, survive school, thrive in school? You've got it? Let me see this. I'm praying I have enough. But the original analogy for this was a big jar of marbles. And I was like, what am I going to do with 150 marbles? So I want you to see this bag of marbles. I want you to see that every marble represents one day of school. And if I had 150 marbles for the 150 days of school, how many of you would want to carry 150 marbles wherever you go? Don't raise your hand. That's weird. Right? That's awkward. It's a lot. It's weight. It's weight. So a lot of you are already stressed about the entire year. Like, I got to survive this. I've got to endure this. How do I do this? How do we do this? We find joy in Jesus, knowing that Jesus is with you. Not to be anxious, but pray. Don't just pray. Be grateful. And so at the end of this, I want to pass these out. There should be 50 in here. I want to pass them out at the doors. As every student leaves, I want you to get a marble. And that marble represents one day. One day of school. So how do you, how do you endure school? Well, it's the same way you eat a 72-ounce steak. It's one bite at a time. It's one day at a time. And so I want you to take the marble. I want you to put it in your locker. So put it in your locker. Tape it to your locker. Put it somewhere that you see every day. As a reminder, hey, don't be anxious, but pray about everything with Thanksgiving. Just take it one day at a time. That's how you endure school. You can endure school one day at a time with gratitude and prayer. So let's pray. Lord, thank you. And we've already spent time asking you, and what a great way to set up tonight's sermon. How do we endure this, this influential time of our lives that we call school? We endure it with you. And if you're able to endure the cross, and you've given us strength because of that, life because of that, we can endure school. One bite at a time, God. One day at a time. And so I pray, God, that every student here remembers Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Don't be anxious. As in you have a choice. God, we have a choice in that anxiety. We have a choice in that stress. It says just don't. Well, how do I not be anxious, God? You're calling us to pray. You're calling us to be grateful. You're calling us to petition you. And we'll watch you do it. We're grateful for you and we love you. 
help us survive school tomorrow. It is Friday. It's the last day of the school week. So I pray, God, that you would protect them as they walk through the halls, as they interact with people. Those leaders here that are that are teachers and aides, God, I pray that you would give them the strength, help them not be anxious about anything. Parents in the room, don't be anxious about anything. We know that you're with us, God, through the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the reminder. We appreciate it. In Jesus' name, and everyone says, amen, amen. Make sure as many people get those. I love you. I'm praying for you. I believe in you. Remember, momentum is coming up. I love you.